2: slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Which players have had the best camp for the Dallas Cowboys so far? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On. Cowboy,
2: welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. If they have a special offer for our listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash lockdown. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB.
3: Landon, how you doing today, sir? Good morning, afternoon, wherever you guys are listening to this. I'm, I'm excited. I'm still in Oxnard, uh, but unfortunately, Dallas decided to have a rather boring walkthrough mock game practice today. Yeah. So – There wasn't much to see at practice, so we thought we'd just kind of take this opportunity, uh, you know, regather ourselves and and have a conversation about some of the folks that we have seen so far in practice. Yeah, we're excited.
2: Yeah, about two weeks into practice, um, while only a couple of padded practices in, there are a couple of players that have stood out so far that we haven't talked a bunch about. Want to get into it right away? Nation Wright. Um, He did this a little bit last year as a rookie in camp, but it seems like he's starting to make a lot of plays on the
3: football. What have you seen from the Cowboys second year cornerback? I just seen like a higher level of consistency. Uh, I think, you know, you saw it a lot last year. Uh, He was able to kind of step in and and be uh, a guy that, you know, that they, uh, you know, let's take ourselves back a year, right? Last, this time, last year, we weren't sure whether Nation Wright was worthy of the third round pick. We weren't sure that Nation Wright was uh, not only was, worthy of the third round pick, like worthy of being drafted at all. A lot of people yes, had fair. him as a UDFA type of player, and then he came into the camp last year and really showed, I think, throughout camp that he belonged and that he was, you know, he had a, certainly the level of talent to, to make the team. And, and, and uh, you know, we didn't know exactly what the outcome was going to be at the end of training camp. But I think, you know, he, and he kind of tapered off a little bit at the end of training camp, but I think he showed that he had the athleticism and the ability to play in this league. Uh, you know, fast forward a year later, he didn't get a ton of playing time uh, last season, uh, but he definitely got some special teams work. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, what he's done is kind of parlayed that sort of work ethic that made him a, um, a standout at camp last year, mm-hmm. uh, into into a, a strong offseason, and I think what you've seen from him so far is that you know, he looks he looks a little bit smoother, he looks a little bit more comfortable back there, looks more um, confident. You know, That's the most yeah. important thing, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I think it feels like <clears throat> in the past when you would see someone like Turbin like line up a- across from him. Uh, you know, he would. He would. There would be a little bit of panic because, I mean, that that's exactly the kind of wrong person for him to be covering. But you see a lot more calmness now. He seems to be trusting his te- technique even further, uh, and he's making plays plays on the ball. I think he had a really nice interception the other day on uh, since uh, eleven on elevens. Some pass deflections. Um, <clears throat> I think he's had a really good camp so far, and and I, I think you know we were kind of talking about players that have surprised us a little bit. Um, and, I, and I think with, with, with Nashawn Wright, it's, it's one of those things where we have spent so much time, again, talking about uh, Kelvin Joseph, talking about the, the other starters that are there, uh, the, the new guy that they drafted, Bland, uh, some of the other kids, uh-huh. kids that underdrafted free agents. We kind of just, you know, he got lost in the shuffle and he's kind of showing early in training camp that yeah, not only does he belong, but he may be a guy that's you know kind of on the move. Again,
2: we're so early into camp that it's hard to yeah. make any big takeaways. But for you, has Nation Wright outperformed Calvin Joseph so far?
3: I, you know, you're seeing Joseph make plays in the ball every once in a while. The issues that I'm I'm nervous about is that he's still a little bit grabby, um, and I think that you know what it's going to end up being is that Joseph will be the guy that will likely cover you know, people a lot tighter and especially in man coverage, I would assume, you know, where, where he, you know, he's a little bit more obviously of a agile athlete, quick footed athlete. So if he has to go into the slot or something, he can, but I think where nation Wright will struggle is just staying in phase with receivers that are kind of quicker when he's not in kind of siloed coverage where he's working just back to the, you know, backwards in the field, like cover three or cover one. You yeah, like, wouldn't act-
2: want him covering like an Emmanuel Sanders, like in his prime on the outside. Like that's not a good matchup for him. However, like if he's covering Mike Evans in week one on the outside, I know Evans is a a far better player, but like Evans, covering Evans with some safety help, I think that's a better matchup for him.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know – he's going to seemingly perform well in, in those kind of coverages overall, like as a cog in the cover three as a cog in, you know, the, the, these sort of zone coverages, I think he's going to be fine. I think specifically where he'll have issues is what you just mentioned, playing man coverage against uh quick receivers where he's going to like, have to keep up with them through double moves and that sort of thing. That's where he could run into some trouble. Whereas jo- Joseph will just, his trouble will more be that he may be in phase, but he's going to be grabby. And so he may get flagged. So it'll be interesting to see exactly which kind of, which style sort of wins out between those two.
2: It's fun to have depth at cornerback for the first yeah. time in forever, like the last yeah. two years, first time in forever that they've actually had guys that, Hey, if they happen to have an injury, it's not catastrophic for the, the entire defense. Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that was funny is that somebody was asking on another show, like is Kelvin Joseph a bust at this point? Cause he hasn't been able to take this job. I mean, you can look at it that way and you can you can certainly be negative about the situation. No, but this but- is the way
2: you're supposed to develop cornerbacks, right? Exactly. We've just been in a situation where, hey, if you're drafted in the first three rounds, you're playing as a rookie and you're playing a, a million snaps because we have no other choice, right?
3: Yeah. And also, it's not a bad thing that suddenly Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, you know, found their games again with the new defensive coordinator. That's not bad news. And both of those guys, by the way, have had incredible camps as well. So not, that's not as surprising. But I think that just shows you this isn't a case where, you know, none of these guys can play. If anything, it's the problem that we have a lot of really good corners and it's preventing these younger ki- kids from getting an opportunity to kind of take their job.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. They've got an absolutely uh, fantastic new flavor out. It's Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. It's a light and chewy texture, real cookie uh, dough chunks. And, of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy (laughs) for you. Only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, the absolute perfect snack, the perfect treat to take with you on a walk or to the golf course just make sure you have a good hiding spot somewhere in your house to keep them away (laughs) from your significant other. Uh, Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code
0: LOCK15 to try out the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: All right, three other players that we want to talk about here, but the first one is Marquise Bell. Uh, Michael Gelkin um, from the Dallas Morning News had a tweet the other day that said, it's hard to create a 53-man roster and not have Marquise Bell on it. A lot of positive momentum for him so far. What have you seen from him in the two
3: padded practices? Yeah, the padded practices kind of showed you a little bit of what Bell can do. I mean, he definitely has a nose for the football. I saw him you know, knife into the backfield for a tackle for a loss during one part of the drill. I will say that the one thing about Bell that, that's interesting to me is that he, he is – not as big as I thought he was, you know, he's not, uh, uh, you know, even kind of Javon Kirsch sized, or no, he's um, not, he's not, you know, or, or even like I saw him standing next to Israel, uh, Mukamu Mukamu, yeah, Mukame. And, those and guys he, are both legit 6'4. Yeah, he's not that, he's kind of a little bit shorter, probably about 6'2, uh, and, he, and not quite as filled out as those guys either. But, but I think you know, what he has, uh, and, and not that he's tiny he's no, just, he's he's still those guys two, are 212 gorgeous. pounds like he's yeah those guys it just it
2: just goes to show you how big jaron curse and mcama are
3: yeah and if anything i i think he kind of compares size wise more compare uh more favorably to uh, uh cox you know like he's that's yep. real cox he's more like that size so yep. uh, yeah I, I see a guy that that clearly has a nose for the football uh he's not taking a whole bunch of missteps i mean we i've mostly seen him in the run game where i think Uh, You know, that kind of plays to his favor a little bit. So I'm interested to see him a little bit more in coverage. But uh, I think he's a guy that, yeah, like clearly is uh, has got the skills that they want. I, I can see why they paid him all that money as an undrafted free agent. I agree. I I think he's going to be a valuable down roster piece for this team as a special teams player, as a, you know, backup safety, potentially backup linebacker, you know, kind of uh, going back and forth and maybe a specific special nickel Mm -hmm. linebacker or something like that. Uh, So as an overhang defender, I think, you know, for all those roles, he can fill very well. And, and, you know, you think about we had a little injury scare with Javon Javon curse, you know, um, kind of. I think he fell on his ankle or something. I just twisted it underneath him. He was fine. I think he got caught or something. Yeah, But, but for, for for several moments, while Twitter was fully melting down about it, uh, I, you know, the, the thought process is that, well, I mean, this is an opportunity for someone like Bell. And so I think that's kind of where his role is, is that now that they've kind of carved out these roles for guys like Curse, mm-hmm. it's about finding, making sure that they have backups for those roles. And I think he's definitely someone that they would consider there.
2: I think the top three of the depth chart is pretty settled, right? It's Jaron Ron Kearse, it's Malik Hooker, it's Donovan Wilson. But after that, I mean, how many safeties are the Cowboys going to keep? Four? Five? Um, they have Israel Makamu, who we liked last year coming out of South Carolina. They have Tyler Coyle, who played a little bit last year uh, before getting hurt. How would you say he's compared to those two guys so far in camp?
3: Uh, I would say, I mean, I just... I mean, I love Mukamu, but I have not seen him do really anything, you know. And 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 that's going back to training camps now. So I, I think he has uh, a talent, and I'm waiting for that to show up. And I and I'm, I I don't have doubts that it will because he has ability, but he just hasn't made a ton of of plays necessarily. It doesn't mean that he's playing poorly. It just has I just you know not popping out. Well, we saw uh, that in the preseason
2: last year too. Like, yeah, he didn't get beat. A lot, yeah. but he's not really making plays in the football either. So he's a little no. bit of an enigma there. It, it's my, it's
3: thought, my thought process. My thought process was that, you know, maybe with another year, uh, he, he, you know, he can add that element to his game because he's seeing things a little bit quicker. And again, it's very early. We're only two padded practices in, but haven't seen that as much. Coyle, you know, I, I would say I've seen. I probably noticed him as much as I would noticed Bell. Maybe, maybe a little bit less. I, I would say just because you know he's. Every time I see him, he, he wears, doesn't he wear 31? Isn't he yeah, 31? It's weird. Cause yeah, because yeah. It, yeah, it, it always kind of I'm like, who's 30. Oh, that's right. That's not really cool. Uh, So it's, it's a little, it's a little interesting to see him kind of make plays. And I do notice it because of his odd number, but I, I would say that Bell is, is probably, you know, at least on par with those guys, if not, you know, a tier above as far as who's been noticed in training camp so far.
2: Yeah. It's, it's going to be quite the battle for that kind of force safety spot on the roster uh, I would say Makamu's probably the favorite, just because he's got the most experience and because he was a draft pick. But who knows? The Cowboys also gave Marquis Spell a lot of money as an undrafted free agent, so that's one that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, next one's just a short one. Tony Pollard seems like every day um, <laughs> we're we're seeing a tweet or two of him making a long run, uh, having an explosive play in the passing game. How do you think Pollard has
3: looked so far in practice? He's looked good. I mean, you know, it's I don't know that it's uh been any different than it has been in any other years. Uh he looks you know, I, I would say the thing that's different is his usage. You know, it seems like they are using him more to motion out and, and kind of having him catch passes and and that sort of thing. But as far as, you know, how dynamic Tony Pollard is, it's it's the same player that we've seen in previous years, which is very fast, very good. Uh I, if anything that the, the exciting part of that has been uh seeing kind of Zeke get back to last last early last season's form just because what that could mean for kind of redirection of of Tony Pollard's duties I think which is good.
2: All right, I got a tweet that I want to read you from our friend Jeff Cavanaugh from practice yesterday. Are you ready? He said 20 yeah. is their best running back and it ain't even close.
3: Yeah, I mean uh... It's easy. It's easy to get excited when they when they run, you know, sixty yards after uh, uh, Tyler Smith has buried the defensive tackle for you on a on a draw play. Uh, I, I think as far as running the football or, or being dynamic with the football in their hands, I, I think that's probably true. Uh, but I think in almost every other aspect, uh, Zeke is is a better player. I mean, a better running back. And I, I just uh, think
2: though with this team. You might not be wrong. Like, l- let's say I concede that to you that he, Zeke is better at blocking. He's better at short yards. He's better at all that kind of stuff. With the way the offense is currently constructed and who's healthy and who's not, don't they need Tony Pollard more than Ezekiel Elliott? Don't they need some more of that explosiveness, the scared defenses?
3: It's not either or as far as I'm concerned. It's both. They need both of these guys. Like, well, that's okay. But I, I, I don't it's, think. Let let's ahead. put it this way. Let me put it this way. I don't think that we would be as successful without Pollard if we just had Zeke. However, I think we would probably be less successful if we had just Pollard and no Zeke like Pollard. I think it needs a compliment. Oh, see, right. I disagree with that, but go well, ahead. I, I mean, I just, he's not developed enough in, in the other aspects of, of what you want in running back to, to do the role by himself. I don't think that's why I think the role that he's, that they're trying to put him in fits so well because is he good at taking the the football and reading between the tackles and and, and or outside and, and taking the ball you know running the football? Absolutely he is. He's incredible. He's got incredible speed and quickness. Is he, you know, a guy that I would want to get a whole bunch of carries if 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 uh if if the game required it? Maybe, you know, depending on, on the situation. I just think that it, Pollard is a guy that really, and maybe 95% of all running backs are like this. They, they, they require a compliment. Whereas I think Zeke probably does too, but to a lesser degree. And, and I think that they, at this point in their careers, they need each other really. And, and, and I don't disagree got, with that. I don't disagree with if, that. Even if they got rid of Zeke or Pollard, I think they need to find an analog for that role to help complement the other player.
2: I, I just think Zeke needs Pollard way more than what Pollard needs Zeke because at this stage in Zeke's career, the, the explosive play rate is so low. It's one of the worst in the NFL. His efficiency as a receiver is really low because he just doesn't break a lot of tackles, and he's not a threat to move him out to the slot and, and have a positive a dot. I, I think Pollard's explosive ability is something this offense really, really lacks – and really needs. And that's why he's the guy that I want no matter what, touching the ball 16 times a game. And if there's games where Zeke gets eight to nine touches, that's fine. But I think Pollard's the one that they've got to get to the, they've got to get him the ball consistently early in games. They can't wait around till the third drive to give him a series. He's got to be part of the game plan from play one.
3: Yeah, I think that the only issue with any of that is that, I mean, in your scenario, like, what, they're carrying the ball 15 times in one game? like
2: No, I'm, I'm saying I think let's say there's 22 carries in a game, right? Mm-hmm. Pollard's got to be the one that is, is a lock to get 15 of those every week. Some, some weeks there's going to be 30 carries. Some weeks there's going to be 22. I just think Pollard's got to be the one that has the
3: highest percentage every week. I think the problem with that is that when you get to week seventeen, you're going to have a greatly depleted Pollard. And 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 truly, if you need Pollard to be an explosive part of this offense, then what you should be trying to do is preserve Pollard. And that but means
2: giving... I don't know if that's the case though, because we've seen other running backs that are similar size to him take on much much bigger workloads, and you don't see them wear down at the
3: end of the season. At least, that's at least my opinion. I think we've seen Pollard himself have issues after a couple after a bunch of carries and i think he, he can get nicks and bruises as well so i don't know I, I think that it's it's we can haggle about it forever and ever but i i think they need each other just des- desperately uh, this
2: podcast is brought to you by better help it's not a crisis line it's not self-help it's professional therapy done securely online Available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted every single day. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recu- recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states and they have a special offer for our listeners right now. Get up to 10 sorry, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/lockedon on. is 10% off your first month of online therapy at
0: betterhelp.com. And you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Layden. let's uh, let's talk about one more player who
2: has performed pretty well so far in camp. That's Tristan Hill. Um, we talked about him a
3: little bit yesterday, but what have you seen from him so far? I, you know, I think the thing with Tristan Hill is that we kind of. Almost have written him off, you know, I mean, I think that the idea he's just been such a victim of, you know, some of his own bad decisions at times, but but also circumstance, you know, like losing get some of the injuries that he got uh, at, at terrible times for his development as he was kind of starting to come on a little bit uh, losing his. Uh, his coaching uh, you know, I think the term that they use is rabbi, but basically the, the advocate for him on his team who was obviously Rod Marinelli losing him, you know, I it was obviously mm-hmm. a huge loss. And, and then obviously all the kind of additions that the Cowboys have made at the defensive tackle position uh, it basically rendered a guy who was a second round pick for the Cowboys, a, 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 you know, a, a, as an afterthought and, I think what we've seen is and, and what we've seen in the past I think is Tristan Hills a very volatile player. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean that figuratively and literally. Uh I, I think he, you know, is uh he plays with a lot of passion and 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 I think plays with a lot of, you know, effort and I think at times previous to this we've seen him be very up and down. Just very, just like very, very good. Oh, there's a flash. There's a flash, and then seeing him driven into a double team, you know, 15 yards back mm-hmm. on the field, you know. So, I think what we've seen a little bit in training camp so far is a little bit of less lows. Like the lows aren't as low uh, when he's when he's when he has a bad snap, and and I feel like the highs, the or at least the the peaks have come a little bit more frequently. You've seen him blowing up plays. I saw him uh, get a tackle for a loss. I saw him get probably another sack after that yesterday. Um, and, you know, look, it's early. It's still training camp, like we like we keep saying with these caveats. But I think, uh, you know, this was a guy that we had discussed who, who could be a surprise uh, cut, yeah. you know, simply because the situation had gotten very poor He kept on getting opportunities, and unfortunately, like I said, whether bad luck or whatever, they kept on kind of being uh, soured after a while. This is really his last shot, uh, at least for the Cowboys. So uh, it it appears to me that he's at the very least taking advantage of that opportunity, and that's that's exciting, I think, to at least see that happening. Yeah, I mean, he's
2: worked with the first team a lot. And yep. while we don't overreact too much to who's taking first and second team reps because the Cowboys do use a heavy rotation, the fact that he's in the rotation is at least newsworthy. Because as you mentioned, like we were thinking he might be a cut because you do have Oso Digizuba, Neville Gallimore, Carlos Watkins, who they brought back. They've drafted two nose tackles in back to back years. Like it wasn't a lock at all that he made the roster, but I think Dan Quinn sees the tools that he has because remember, he is. One of the reasons why he was drafted in the second round is he's an incredible athlete at like 310 pounds. Like his quickness and explosiveness is pretty rare. Maybe now that he's healthy, he's had a full offseason because that's important. Remember last year, yeah. he was coming out the knee injury. That's right. Maybe things are finally starting to click for him.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think it's not just like how they come out in 11, 11, because as you mentioned, they, they definitely rotate their defensive tackles, but it's also the fact that, you know, they do the drills, uh, individual drills, like, you know, whether it's, you know, going around bags or, or just, you know, doing moves, they do them kind of in order of depth chart too. And, and, and Tristan Hill and uh, Odigizua are the two folks that are the kind of starting t- defensive tackles to go through those drills with Gallimore coming behind them. So, uh, and, and again, it's not obviously since it's Osa, it's, it's not like a seniority thing, right? Because he's was a rookie last year. So uh, I think it shows you that they have, uh, uh, you know, some expectation for, for Hill. And, and I, you know, I think that plus the, the remarks, I think you heard Dan Quinn say uh, a couple of days ago, really, you know, show you that maybe that they do have serious plans for him and that he's not just going to be left by the wayside. If he can figure out a way to stay healthy and continue to develop, maybe you really have something in this interior interior defensive tackle uh, uh, rotation.
2: Yeah, and they don't need him to be Aaron Donald or Chris Jones or anybody like that, but if he just let's say he lives up to his day 2 status, uh, you know, back in that 2019 draft, and he's just a valuable rotational defensive tackle, all of a sudden you feel really good about the depth. You might not have a star at that unit, but you have 3 4 Maybe even five guys that you feel like there's not a drop off when any of them go on the field. And I'm not sure how many teams have that kind of depth on the interior defensive line, layman.
3: Yeah, that's the thing is the interior defensive line, especially interior interior defensive line pass rush is, is very yeah. hard to find. It's really You might really have
2: three difficult. of those guys, like three legitimate guys that can
3: get after the quarterback. And, and I think it's, you know, look, it's it's been a long time coming, frankly. I mean, they've spent a lot at the position. They've developed these guys. They've been playing these positions for a while now. I mean, Hill's, you know, a fourth-year vet, right, I mean, at this point, and And, yep. and Gallimore's in, in year two, I think, after. Year three. three. He's in year three. So, Osa's yeah, in year two. Osa's I mean they, two. They've I mean,
2: invested a lot. They've got Chauncey and, Golson that's going to be playing in there year two.
3: Yeah. And I think, and then on top of that, Ridgeway. So uh, honestly, they've, they've invested a lot in a position that they, uh, you know, famously didn't invest very much in the past. So the fact that they were able, well, the the fact (laughs) that they were able to kind of collect these guys and, you know, much to the chagrin of the previous administration, slow develop them, uh, I think, you know, is kind of starting, hopefully we'll start to pay dividends. this season. All
2: right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We want to, uh, Thank you for letting us be your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Uh, Shout out to our sponsor for today's show, BetterHelp, betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off. Uh, Make sure you're following the show wherever you get podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB.com. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?